Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Adventures of Chi Chi podcast. I'm Chia Perro, and I'm here with Gareth Storer. And Hello. today we are going to be talking about the moments that stand out to us from the emotions era. Now, neither one of us were rolling around and kicking it back in the day. I wasn't even alive yet. Gareth, were you, were you born yet? I was born, but... I was still watching cartoons and playing out with friends. How old are you in 91? I was five, nearly six. Oh my gosh. You're so old. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Yeah, because I'm born at the end of the year. So Yeah, I was born in the end of 96. So I was not even a thought yet. So... <laughs> Like, who is Gia not there? But what is your favorite, what is the most significant piece of that for you? Well, obviously I was watching television and stuff at this time. So I knew about all the like late night TV shows, anything that she has performed on that maybe I missed. Looking back at it, I know of the TV shows, but it probably just wasn't on in our house. So there's that side of things. There's a... The radio shows, Top of the Pops, Des O'Connor, Terry Wogan, all these um, TV shows that she did perform on that I didn't watch at the time because I was too busy watching my cartoons or probably in bed by the time that she was on. However, these TV shows since have now become a favourite part of my, not memories, but my things to look back on. performances? Yeah, because... With some of these performances, there's been television interviews, not all of them, but some of them. They're quite cute. You get to see her in a, not vulnerable, but you get to see her in more of a natural state. You know, she's she's trying to, you see her sort of like etching herself around the sofa a little bit, trying to get herself comfortable, but she's trying to sit straight back. She's putting her hands on her lap, hands over her knee, crossing her legs. You know, she's trying to, she's not fidgety, but she's trying to put herself in a position where she looks comfortable, feels comfortable. As she's being asked questions, she's looking around. I don't know who's the other side of the camera that she's looking at. Who are but... you? What interview are you thinking of specifically? Specifically, Des O'Connor. There is an interview around this time. It might be just after the emotions where she does this a lot. And I thought, I mean, not a lot. She's not fidgeting, like I said. There's just a few movements. And I thought, you know what? You would never see her do this that much today. You just wouldn't. So there's a a nice vulnerability about it. But, you know, like seeing her on Saturday Night Live and stuff on YouTube since then, like I get the whole thing. I know what TV was at the time. It was all um, the latest acts were always performing. She managed to get quite a few album tracks out of this album in her performances, you know? You know, she squoes out the If It's Over. Um, this might have been around the time of she, she, during this era, one of the best performances is of If It's Over from the Grammys. Her Grammys performance was amazing. She sang Vision of Love. Oh my gosh, yeah, in the Motions era, she won Best New Artist. And Vision of Love won a Grammy as well. I think it's Best Pop Vocal or something. I think that the main focus at this particular time, because it was her early days of her career, she was still successful at this point. But it's always a bit tricky with that second album. And she was this vocal show horse, so to speak, you know, just like sing, 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 sing. And so she was still doing that. 
And it was around this time, I think, when not necessarily sales as such, like she was still successful, but the number one sort of disappeared a little bit for a moment. And that's okay, you know, she still had emotions. There were still some good songs from this album and on the album. So I think it was just to drive the album. And then I don't know if there was a goal or a plan or anything in place for what came next. But luckily, people started to doubt whether she could sing the way she could in the studio and was like basically saying that she's like a student I can't remember the actual quote but whether she was like a studio experiment or something like that because everything was done in the studio and then even though when you watch them back she it's definitely her it's not like Millie Vanilli situation where someone's singing songs for her but it was right after Millie Vanilli so I'm sure people were being hypercritical like it is crazy to think that People were saying she can't sing these songs or replicate this stuff live because she gave people so many live performances up until this point. Like, it's just kind of ludicrous to me to say. But honestly, like, I'm sure everyone's not there binge watching YouTube videos in 91, obviously. Like, but there were so many different appearances. That's just like, Obviously, I guess if you're not keeping up with TV or anything and you just hear these songs on the radio, like, oh, this this is crazy. I don't know. What I think it is, this is just me looking back, obviously. I was a kid, I don't know. But subconsciously, I think that people were hearing all these other people from the 80s. This was going on in the 80s where everybody lip-synced. And yes, here and there, there was a couple of acts that didn't. It wasn't just Mariah singing live at this time. And Mariah did sing live. Everything was live at this time. Maybe not the backing track all the time, but her voice, her vocals were always mainly live. Not too sure if all the high notes were, especially for emotions. You can't really hold that against her. That's a fucking hard song to sing. So if you're hearing all these performances that sound like the record... People are probably just automatically assuming, especially if you're brand new music buyers, like you're what, 10, 11, 12 and onwards. And you're like, why does she sound like the record? Everyone sounds like the record. And then she comes out singing the song, even though she's still killing it and making it sound absolutely amazing. I think it was just that thing that she didn't sound exactly the same as the recording. And I think that that top of the pop But she kind of does, though. And sometimes she sounds better. Sometimes she sounds better when she really goes for it. But sometimes when she really goes, there's a couple of performances of Vision of Love, like around the time of Vision of Love. And... If it's over, not so much anything else in between, I don't think, where those last few runs, not all the time, but there's a couple of performances where she really goes overboard. And But still, she's not out of tune. She's not oh, scratchy. Like, um, the Tattoo Club. She does oh, a little yeah. bit. She does a, She is over singing at, at the end of the, oh, oh, oh. That's too much. Like yeah. several, several many oh-oh's. Like. And it's, it almost becomes the same note as well. It's just like, just just go into that last bit. Just go into the last bit. But I know, because honestly, that used to be, Vision of Love used to be my favorite Mariah song. And the ending was the reason why that big moment with the, and it was all oh-oh-oh-oh. But there's like, I feel like there's like a time and a place for that moment. Like it's a cute, melisma run moment but i feel like it's definitely like showing off you know i mean she has to do it i guess because 
people expect it. It's a big part of the ending of the song, so she still has to do it. I don't know. I think I think just working on music before in the past and doing like some singing stuff myself. If you're singing live, if you fuck it up basically you have to make it sound like it's intentional or as if it's just not there you know what I mean and then you have to sort of bend the next note to make it sound like it fits I don't know if that makes any sense I mean obviously if it's a complete yeah. bum <laughs> note yeah make it sound like it was intentional and that totally wasn't intentional but she saved it that's what yeah. that's that's what's so cute about that is like she's trying to go into that big belted note, but she saves it when her voice cracks and goes into like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's the top of the pops performance as well. Let's not forget that. I still like it where she's sang oh, emotions. When she is singing like lower to the Deep. ground. Yeah, I mean, girl. I don't think it's bad. She tries here and there. Doesn't quite work, <laughs> but. I don't think it's bad. But girl, just put on the CD. Like honestly, it was bad enough to where it was like, no, you're you shouldn't sing live today. It was cute. It's cute. Thirty years later, but when you're on top of the pops back then, I feel like that's a really important time and place to have have it sound like the studio version. And they did that a lot later on with Top of the Pops, even with Mariah, where it was always lipped, always, always, always. And it's, it, I think that's what made Top of the Pops lose its shine a little bit amongst other shows emerging as well. It was a shame. I really, oh my God, I don't know why, but I'm in such a me, I am Mariah mood today. Like, good girl. Lord help me, but I might even put on side uh, C and D. You fucking should. Give it a go. <laughs> That's why you need to just get the CD and just stick the CD on so you don't have to change them over. Let it play and see how you feel. And then I think I you'll listen to the vinyl. I have it on Apple Music. Ah, okay. Well, all of it or just half I've of got it? both versions. But the whole album, I mean? Yeah, I have every, I've got everything Mariah has put out that's available. Even Pisces. Ugh. I love Pisces. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I love Pisces. <laughs> Are you kidding me? How dare no. you? Pisces is amazing. Pisces got me through it. <laughs> Pisces got me through Come on, hero. <laughs> Pisces. Colder than an icy. You're not your typical Pisces. It's not even Mariah. Well, it is kind of. She takes over She's it. She's all over that song. It's but Trey Lorenz and Mariah. I, I'm not here for that song. Anyone, hey, you guys, anyone who hasn't, any lamb who hasn't heard Pisces, go listen to Pisces. It's available on iTunes and streaming. I, I actually downloaded it without hearing it and I did the little sample thing and I thought, oh, it sounds cute. Played the whole thing. I was like, oh, I've just wasted 99p on this fucking crap. <gasps> How dare you? There's two versions, you guys, also. But, but they're not even that different to each it's other. Good. <laughs> it's basically the same oh song. God, that's so funny you know about Pisces. Y'all don't know about Pisces. And the thing is, I would like Pisces if she turned it into a Mariah song and made it like some kind of joyride moment at the end of another album. It's so, it's totally perfect for Mariah on it, though. Like, I love it. It's so good. And it fits with Trey's other music, I think. Like, na, na, na. I do like his first album, though. That was nice. And Mariah's I love Trey's music, honestly. Like, 
I just I think Pisces is my favorite though. Like I don't I can't believe you don't like Pisces. I, that's I, crazy to me. I just can't it's such an R and B moment. It's like I love that it's fully R and B. It's not even that for me because that's fine. But I just when I hear it, I just want more of her, and I I want another like yeah. Joyride Part Two or something with wrapped up in Pisces. I don't... See, I don't get Joyride from Pisces, but it is super emancipation era. It definitely yeah. is. Like, this is the height of the emancipation. I, I love, love how this episode's about emotions and we're talking about Pisces. Although we're talking about Trey. Trey had an album out in 1992, so it kind of links. And <laughs> like, was I even like a dot yet? Like, I don't even know what that Darling, even is. No. Your parents weren't even ready at that point, probably. Like, did my dad's balls even drop yet? (laughs) How old were your parents when they had you, do you know? Oh my god, like 16. I was adopted, remember? Yeah, so probably not at that point. So, like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Like, this is a hip Guys, the emotions era is like a history, part of history, (laughs) you guys. Like... They said the first album looked like George Washington, honey. Oh my goodness. 1901, girl. But yeah, I think off the back of those performances, like the Top of the Pubs, where she's, well, she just sang it completely differently. Let's mm-hmm. say it like that, because that's that's the truth of the matter. Yeah, she rearranged it. She was singing a whole different key. <laughs> I wonder if anybody realized that was going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> but um, she probably but she didn't sang, know. She, the thing is, she was singing so much when she was sick back then. I'm like, girl, no, that is not good for you. Luther and Aretha would not be ma- would not be happy about this. She did it as well with Vision of Love, I think, on um, a European TV show. You can tell she's... I think it was French TV show or something when she when she cracked i felt so bad for her i was like you're my bitch you're still getting it but girl why are they making you sing right now and i don't know when it was but she was on one of our morning tv programs during the week um with lorraine kelly and she her voice was just gone completely gone and she was proper like Whispering when she told like this, she's like, "Are you talking about today. the? You're talking about the interview with the Scottish it lady? Like she just finished recording yeah. the whole album, and but it's like, oh my god, her voice isn't even there, and her hair. She looks kind of old in the interview as well. <laughs> she does. She looks like an '80s housewife. Like Tommy tried to make her full on like Italian housewife. Like I really can't even. But yeah, I know what interview you're talking about. Where she's like sounding like. Oh, we're leaving you the voicemails, but it's not even 99 yet. Like, yeah. You know. And the Scottish, yeah. it's with the Scottish lady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they were saying stuff like after this top of the pot, probably after everything, to be fair, because people were probably comparing her too much to her recordings. You know, she still went out there, killed it. But I think that probably called for a live moment, which shot all those opinions to shit, really. Like, can she sing? Can she not sing? And I think... Well, it did. I, yeah. I think so. Everybody then, was lip syncing at this point. Everybody. And I think if, yeah. they'd, if they'd have just got her on, like I said before, if they'd have got her on some, like, kids' TV shows as well as all the adult morning, you know, the mum programmes, if the mum had just had the kid and not gone back to work yet, or in those days, probably not even at all. Who knows? But, like, they're watching morning television. So they put her on for that and for the late night, TV shows, things for the parents, you know. Stick her on singing, like, 
Someday, stick around singing emotions, stick around singing Make It Happen, Dream Lover for the kids at the weekends on the Saturday morning TV shows. And I think there could have been a bit more money made off the back of that. Do you, do you think that Can't Let Go and Make It Happen should have been number ones? I'm, I'm not too sure because when you listen to them, not necessarily Make It Happen, but more so Can't Let Go. There's parts of it where it's just like, okay, um, I do like the song. I don't really like the styling of the video, as we've said before. Yeah, but, but don't, do you think that... Do you think that if they didn't pull the single off the shelves, it would have went number one? It was literally at number probably, two. Probably, yeah, probably. And I think "Make It Happen" should have been a number one song because look at look at its legacy. Look at how many times she performs that now. People love it. People lap it up. So I don't get what happened there. Maybe it's just people like. What around number my did age. it go to? Number five. It peaked at on the Billboard. Mm-hmm. It peaked at number five. I don't know. Maybe it couldn't have gone to them. I don't know. Look what I don't know the chart. Well, that's position. really high. Like that's it's higher really than high. seventeen. And we belong together didn't chart very well when it first was released, and then after that, it then went all the way up. I think it went to number two before it went to number one. I'm not hundred percent certain, but um, it's it had its moment before it went to number one. You know. So make it happen. Could have. I honestly think that can't let go and make it happen or rob. Like, I think that if emotions can't let go and make it happen, we're number ones. Do you think Lambs would like the album more? I don't know. It's very adult music. But as as far as a vocal moment goes, I think they should. We have our stuff with it that we've said before in the past, you know, about it being this, that, the other. But there's still songs that we definitely go back to. I know I'm always forgetting, like, how many songs I actually like from emotions but then like listening to them all together we were like oh my god it's literally an emotional roller coaster like this album is like literally borderline personality disorder (laughs) and the vocals do represent that as well the vocals are all over the place here there and everywhere I mean they're not she doesn't do a lot of high whispering vocals all over it but which is good there's a lot of belting but there's also a lot of high notes um yeah, but I kind of do feel, I don't know if anybody out there the same age as me or even you, G, or anybody the same age as you that might have an older sibling and know about this or whatever. You know, with the whole Saturday morning TV show that we got as kids, like myself, and I'm 35, it was huge, 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 huge. And I think if they'd have filled in the gaps there with that, with some of the up-tempo songs, I think maybe not can't let go but they should have just let that ride itself out and go to number two go to number one wherever it was going to be but i think make it happen definitely could have been a number one single and i think she probably could have had another number one single in the uk probably one from each album if that you know we didn't get a number one with her until without you and that's shocking so i think if they'd have exposed them more to the kids and the younger teenagers it would have been um, a completely different moment. Yeah, it's crazy to think that she didn't really blow up across the world till Music Box, and we haven't even gotten there yet. Right. Crazy. Which performances throughout the whole Emotions era are your go-to? Okay, honestly, when Mariah sings Emotions live on Arsenio Hall, that's, like, iconic. And then when the song's over and then there's that, like, that break before she hits the whistles and she, like, 
kind of struts like she's off on the stage left and then like she struts to the middle of the stage like yeah I'm about to slay the fuck out of this and then she hits the, the high notes and goes even higher than the studio recording it's everything it's one of my favorites but also before she was even the queen of Christmas hark the herald angels sing what is that on good morning America I think it's good morning America it's yeah. it's just one of my favorite Mariah performances ever. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, I have more. <laughs> Pretty much the same as yours. I love that Arsenio Hall. I love how he introduces her as well. He says, you're a great crowd. You deserve, you deserve Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. <laughs> That's amazing. Everyone deserves Mariah Carey, but some people miss Some people the don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Des O'Connor performances, the tinfoil dress or whatever that was made out of, where she sings Emotions Can't Let Go. That was amazing. Tinfoil dress. It's not really made oh, out of tinfoil. Oh, that when she yeah <laughs> the, blue, the tight mermaid gown. Oh, it shows off her body so well. It just it showed amazing. off her body and her hair wasn't like overly huge. It was a good that was a good one, but I don't like that she didn't do the whistles at the end of that. Yeah, she kind of and she did that a little bit with emotions as well. Like she tried to divert from doing that with emotions. It's not completely. Um, a downfall because there's already so much going on with emotions but yeah can't let go because of how slow it is even though you get some good vocal moments I think that you need it also the when she sings a vision of love acapella I think I don't know if it was a, like a commercial or what but she only sings like part of it but it was amazing Wogan with the pink dress she has her hair in a bun and I know I've said that about a bun it just reminds me of Donald Trump's one of his wives, I can't remember her name. Oh Patsy. my gosh, um, the uh, Ivana. Ivanka's mother. Yeah, Ivana. Trump. Yeah, yeah, it, it is giving me Ivanka's mother. Okay, yes, honey. Or Patsy Stone from Absolutely Fabulous. It's just like, come on, she's twenty-one at this age, at this time, and she does do the Wogan performance, but the dress is fierce. She she looks like she had some great boobs back then, you know. Ivana um, Trump. Ivana, Ivana Trump. Ivana Trump, yes. The dress, the crossing, and the pulling together of the boobs, it just looks really good. At the time, it's quite sexy. It's just the hair could have been a completely different moment, but it's fine. But the vocals are good. Soul Train in 1992, so going on a little bit further. You know, emotions can't let go. They're raw vocals. Um, you can hear it. It's still really good performances, almost identical to the recordings but you can tell there's some libation going on there you know maybe some of the high notes aren't i don't know you can't quite tell because it's seamless it's seamless where which one soul train 1992 i think that they're all live oh she's usually got people lip on soul train oh i don't know the vocals i are thought really that good. people usually lip synced on soul train but maybe what are you talking about emotions emotions and can't let go I think, I think that, see, I don't like her look for that. I feel like that's the last performance of the Emotions era. Cause she, doesn't she start looking really music box in that performance? She what starts looking super mob wife. Like <laughs> she, Tommy turned her into an Italian housewife girl. Like I'm, and the, what is with that whole, we'll get into this in the music box era, but what is this whole, like Mariah has curly hair. Why are you guys straightening her hair out and then curling it? 
Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, her hair is curly, but they, like, blow it out and then, like, curl in these horrible Shirley Temple curls. Anyway, oh, my God. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about, but I feel like that's always been a process, even in 2009 when she did the photo shoot copying the debut album artwork. I think they did that then as well. No, no. I'm sure there's I'm a talking about she music said, box hair. Like, I know, but I'm just comparing. No, this is different, girl. It's like, I get it if you want to blow your hair out and have like a nice wave in there, but they literally curl her hair again. And then they put, oh my God, you know the the um the new tour footage that came out the other day and there's like oh, that. Yeah. Like her hair literally had like a pile of hair on top of it. <laughs> you saw it, girl. It's very like- There's a lot of hair there. It's Queen Elizabeth over here. <laughs> George Washington on the uh, in the debut. George Washington debut. We went further back to Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of hair. I think that might have been possibly the first hair piece. <laughs> it is very like Italian mob wife or you know young kindergarten teacher who just got their first teaching job doesn't quite know how to dress appropriately, so still dressing a little bit slutty, but but a little bit conservative. Saturday Night Live 1992. Again, this is a slight shift of the actual, like, you know, nail on the head moment. But um, the Saturday Night Live performance, there was some strong instrumentation going on there. With Can't Let Go and that thumping drum beat, if it's over, the saxophone, it's just like, I was thinking the other day, I was listening to Whitney Houston, and I thought, you know, do we have a saxophone moment with Mariah Carey? I don't think we do in a recording. And if it's over... Like a all the man that I need saxophone moment? Or the uh, I Will Always Love You, anything oh, like yeah. that. Like proper early 90s saxophone where you're like, oh my God, I remember this time. Whereas this live performance of If It's Over, you can hear it. It's proper strong and you can really see the talent from her in these performances. She's really going for it. She's, I don't know, she's just singing her heart out in these performances. Really good, really good. Um, it's not It's not my favorite If It's Over. Like I said earlier, I think I said earlier, my favorite If It's Over is from the Grammys, girl. The Grammys, good. honey. Because that might be one of the best Mariah performances of all time, actually. I'm glad she got to sing it at a musical event when more music folk, as well as an audience, could hear it. You know, because if people don't watch Saturday Night Live, they're not going to see it. I feel like there was probably a lot of people in America watching it. But back then, Saturday Night Live was like a huge thing, especially to have your musical act is on Saturday Night Live. That means like you're definitely like even nowadays, I think if you've made it on the Saturday Night Live, you're a big deal. You know what I mean? But even more so back then. Right. We don't get it here. I don't think we even did then. If we did. I don't watch it more it's not funny to me like all of the comedy dried up a while ago girl like that well has been dry honey like all of those comedians are thirsty for more like i really can't i i feel if we ever got any kind of like constant flow of saturday night live it would be a month after it was relevant especially in the 90s everything we got in the uk from america was always like out of date slightly when we got it I don't know why. Now, it doesn't matter because of all the streaming platforms as well and the internet. I guess it's just like, yeah, okay, we'll take it. We'll take it before anywhere else gets it as well. So they chuck more money at it. And if not, then whatever. It doesn't make any difference because it's going to be everywhere anyway. 
But she did a lot of promotion during this time, considering she was singing live most of the time as well. Well, all the time. It was, there a was lot. Were there, I mean, it doesn't even matter. Like, doesn't even matter. I don't think there was any lit moments, if that's what you were going to say. No, I don't think there was. I just know that the, there was probably all the dubbing. That's fine. So yeah, based on the back of that, I'm not sure where all this talk, like I keep saying, of her not being able to sing where it came from. But you know, the album, and this is like a worldwide thing, it sold 4 million copies around the time. How many did the debut sell? 9 million. That's current. I'm sure back then it was not as much. This is now to date. The album has sold more than 15 million copies. I do. This this had the sophomore slump. That's why they pulled... Okay, yep. That's why they pulled Can't Let Go uh, singles then, definitely. It makes sense. You know, for me, it's not my favorite era. It's definitely... To me, it's a boring era, but, like, there's nothing going wrong. And all things considered, like, if you're just looking at this era uh, in her career, you know, she proved the haters wrong. She can sing it live, you know? That's really good. But I do think that her expectation... Like, they, she set her bar really high in this era. And I believe that the dubbing and the scale of the songs, that has a lot that plays a part, you guys. And the way that she writes her songs and lays the track down in the studio, you know? She makes them hard. But then six million copies in, th- in the, what, 30 years? You know, of, of co- coming off of the first album, it's gonna, it's gonna be a tough act to follow. Like, no matter what album she's gonna put out, that first album is a banger. Like, honestly, and it, the first album's her debut. You know, like that's like, and it's a self-titled. Like, this is Mariah Carey, and, and it's, it was super it successful. And there's nothing else to compare it to at that time, you know? It's just like, this is who she is. This is all about Mariah Carey. This is amazing. Let's go out and buy it or whatever people were thinking, you know? And obviously, I guess the Whitney fans were following and like, okay, well, we've got another one now. Let's go see what she's all about as well. So it does fall weak to the curse of the second album, following up from such a successful album. In a way, it's kind of like the E equals MC squared to the emancipation. But I think there's a stronger... I I honestly, um, like before doing the emotions, like going back and listening to emotions and doing these episodes, I would have almost just instantly been like you know i'll take equals mc squared over emotions all day and as we've now come to know like that some lamb's favorite album is emotions and some lamb's favorite album is equals mc squared it is kind of similar oh my god i'm going on a tangent now see i'm a mess obviously not at all the same but they're similar in terms of how they follow up from something so huge and in a way it's almost just assumed that it's the sequel. And obviously with the Emancipation and Equals MC Squared, she put that out there, she told us that. But with the second album, we just assume it. But then I do kind of people... lump the first album and the second album together. Yeah. I I do and I don't. I if I get to my mindset of following her career from day one, I could be like, yeah, this is the next instalment. But then if I think in reality, looking back, then it's like yeah, that that's kind of like a follow-on from that. She was trying to recreate 
the first album again, but then we got music box after that, blah, blah, blah. So I think about it like that. But I don't think it's like a straight up recreation. It's not recreation. She was writing at the same time as releasing music and releasing the album in the debut era. She was already working on the second album. Right, but they're so close together. Exactly, they're yeah. they're so close together that it's like I can't like not. And she was oh my god, back then it was album after album after album every year. That's amazing, honestly. I can't, but it is easy for me to be like butterfly happens, and then all the albums after that are like kind of different, but still playing off of that theme of like well i've cracked out of the cocoon and now it's r&b town yeah. before that happens it's excluding daydream but even still a little bit of daydream because to me daydream is like the bridge between music box and butterfly all of the albums yeah. before yeah. butterfly are kind of like striking similar chords to me although i will say music box and daydream are like kind of more separate than Mar- Mariah Carey and Demotions and then obviously the Christmas album is its own thing but even the Christmas album kind of is giving me music box and daydream vibes like the the albums that come out before Butterfly I lo- I kind of lump them all together and it's just like this is the this is the sing sing Sony prison era and I don't really care for it as much because I know she was more controlled you know I mean, I like, I, I love the music and the image. Of course, I love it. And of course, she still performed songs like after that era was over. Like, Make It Happen right. is yeah. probably one of my, it's probably my favorite Mariah song right now. Like, it's probably, it's probably my favorite Mariah song. Yeah. I like, and that's crazy because my favorite album is Butterfly. And it's totally always going to be Butterfly. <laughs> that's just like, it's wired in my brain that way but my favorite song is make it happen and that's from and it's not i don't necessarily love the album version it's all of the different live performances the live performance that well the recording the recording is great the recording is great it's another another one of the bops on the emotions album it's obviously the second biggest bop on the emotions album but there's always something that shifts slightly when she does it live and it becomes a bit more of a passionate, powerful moment. That's what I like better. Yeah. I like that better. Whereas the recording is always going to sound like the recording because that's what it is. Yeah, it's like the writing's on the wall with the recording. Yeah. But, but if Mariah is feeling it, it comes out and then there's the whole like i see you up there and the talking and like this is for everyone like have you guys ever needed something like it's just like there's more to it but it's still from emotions and i love emotions for that and i love that she got to write all of these songs before she was free but there's just this whole thing with me that is maybe it's because i'm i'm um I'm just back up, honey. I'm just back up. I'm not I'm not a hardcore legacy lamb or anything like that. But there's something that doesn't jive well with me, like with the eras that happened like before Butterfly, if you know what I'm saying. And the 
and we know that the music is not under her control. Like I, yeah. we just know that is not how exactly how she would want it. Like, girl, you know that I'm gonna replace the entire dream dream lover with the Deaf Club the four minute mix with the dream lover, dream lover. <laughs> And anytime you need a friend, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm just like, we know that not everything was what, how she wanted it to be. You it know was, what I mean? It was more controlled, yeah. Yeah. And you can see it's a little bit, it's like, cover up. But then, like, towards the end of, well, not towards the end, but towards, like, Daydream, there's little bits of, like, trying to break free, attempts to break free, like, tight moments, slightly revealing moments, but it didn't quite happen until butterfly where she was like yeah i'm gonna wear this gonna wear this but more than just revealing or anything like that like i think even back then like we talked about how she's like sick performing all the time and she had to mm. prove to haters she can sing all the time but also back in this era i also remember people asking her what she is all the time too like that's still a thing yeah. happening that's still a thing going on too it's definitely happening more in the debut era and probably like um around daydream and stuff but i do i do remember some of it happening in the emotions era i don't even know what it was that when i first saw her and couldn't listen to her music in full i don't even know what it was obviously i didn't relate on the same level because i'm not mixed or anything but um not by a percentage that's worth anything anyway but um yeah you're a whitey you're a white boy. Yeah. And like, <laughs> there's nothing else but that I'm aware of. But, you know, I looked at her and I just thought, I was just so intrigued. And so, and I've said before, like, I was brought up, like, to around people from all kinds of backgrounds and walks of life and everything. And I was always brought up to be accepting of people. So I didn't think anything like that when I saw her. I just thought, I just need to hear more. I just need to see more of this person. And, you know, even those few moments of her singing without you and then the channel being changed and whatever. And I just thought I need more. So, yeah. And people should take it like that. You know, she's a talented human being. And if she wants to talk about those particular things, and she should talk about those particular things. That's her life. That's her history. People should talk about it. But people don't necessarily, if you're, if you don't, if you haven't experienced life the same way, you shouldn't, you don't have the right to go up to people and be like, what are you or where are you from? Because it's rude. It was, I feel like it was so common to do that on the news back then, especially in like the early nineties and stuff. Like I look back and Oh, also the Free Britney documentary has also pointed this out to me a lot too. But like news reporters were asking straight up like ridiculous questions to people. Like, like they're not like no one's going to see this later or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just weird. It's a strange thing. I've heard it's conversations like usually from old white English guys saying to people i remember i had a colleague and what did she say okie dokie or something and she only said it because i'd said it and she thought it was funny and that's fine you know that's just just joking around and and i say it as a joke as well i wouldn't you know normally say it seriously but whatever it's just silly to say but like my friend she's hungarian and we were colleagues at the time we're still friends now and she said to him something like they were having a conversation she's like oh okie dokie and he was like do you even know what that means 
she was she's Hungarian. She's white, blonde. No, blue wait, eyes. what does it mean? Oh my gosh, that's so weird because like I feel like that's the thing that like kids say. Yes. And people like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons and people like happy people. It's just a silly thing to say. Because what's the point? Okay is abbreviated anyway. So why would you say okie dokie? It's just so that's so yeah, what? It's actually a bad thing to say that. But apparently, <laughs> okie dokie. Is a is basically an abbreviated not an abbreviation, but it's like a it's basically like a fun way of saying okay. And in Vietnam, they say okay instead of okay. That's all that is. Um, it's basically up there with see you later, alligator. Yeah, I don't I know don't, why. I don't get why he said that, but she was like, she was quite offended when he said it. And then he asked her, "Where are you from?" And she's. She said, like, because she's lived in England for years, years. So she said, oh, I'm originally from Cheltenham, but I live in London now. And he said, no, but where are you from? And I thought, like, you can tell she's not English. Like, does it matter? Like, just leave it be. Like, it's like kind of saying, like, where are you from? You don't have the right to say okie doke. Oh, yeah. In America, <laughs> see, that's kind of like in America, people are like, that's like saying go back to where you came from or something. Oh, the or like, times. Like, uh. Yeah. Or like, um, or like when people say, like, you're in America, speak English. Or something like that. No, like, people say some crazy shit like that. Oh, my gosh, girl. The the Karen compilations that are on YouTube. My God, honey. Oh, my goodness. People say the craziest shit in America. And it is like, you are so fucking disrespectful. And a lot of people have phones now and are filming everything. So when it's like, I feel like people just feel so entitled and like, you know, their actions or things that they say don't affect others and that there's no repercussions for them. But I think that 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 means it's sad, but it's also beautiful in a way that Mariah kind of went through all of this because nowadays people shine light on the Free Britney stuff. People shine light on the glitter stuff and the like, oh, what is she? Oh my goodness. Like disrespect. It's disrespect. Yeah. And I feel like people are more aware of it, especially like Gen Z and millennials. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame that when you meet people of those age groups as well, when they're not, or they have these stupid jokes and stuff, and it's just like, it's not funny. It's just not funny. Because it's kind of disregarding people when you make those jokes or make those comments. It's just not fair. Like I've heard people say, not very often, but people have said it to Wilson once or twice when I've been in their company, in his company. And when I've been in his company and they've said, go home. And I just like, and I was just like, I I stepped in and I was just like, how dare you say that? Like, what right do you have to say that to him? And then they've been like, oh, well, we didn't mean it like that. Just, what did you, how did you mean it there? Don't say it. It totally relates to the the mixed like what is she she's a mixed person she's just a human you know i think she said that on the oprah show as well didn't she or oprah said it you're human or something like that it's a funny thing though because there's not like there's not more than one race we're the human race i've never understood that i mean i know why people say it but like i thought well actually where does it 
come from? Because isn't that isn't that so strange? Yeah, there's not more than one race. You can't say someone's mixed race if they're human. Yeah, it's a, that's ethnicity. Isn't yeah. that so? Isn't that so weird? By yeah. by ra- you're biracial. Yeah. Like, what am I? So weird. Like I'm a mixed person, which just means that my my dad is African American and Native American, and my mother's Italian, and that's like how Mariah's like my my father's African American and Venezuelan, and my mom's Irish. She's just a person. We need to have a whole episode about this, though. I feel like there's a lot more we could talk about. So, do you have anything else to talk about with the emotions era? I don't think so. I think as a lam- a young a younger lamb looking back, this was a pivotal moment for her vocally in her career. But I do feel like there was still a lot that she had to do, honey. Like she's just getting started, girl. Yeah, this is kind of like laying down the the groundwork. Even though she carried on doing so in a way, she kept working like a a machine anyway for years to come after this. Yeah, it's crazy. But she's got a lot, a lot of more barriers to break still here. Yeah. And I, I do love the album and the the era. It's cute, but I think that there was a lot going on that we didn't know about mm-hmm. five years ago as lambs. You know, like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't just rainbows and butterflies <laughs> and charm bracelets <laughs> and charm bra- and glitter, right? <laughs> rainbows, rainbows and glitter and butterflies. <laughs> I think that's it. Okay, thank you for listening, guys. Bye bye. I love Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs>